Welcome to another edition of the Rental Property Hangover. I'm Travis Castle. I'm and I'm Joe Watkins. Not Joe Watkins. Yeah. All right. So uh, Rental Property Hangover, by the way, Joe, is brought to you by Yes, I Rent Property Management, hailing from uh, Atlanta, Georgia. We manage over 400 single-family rental properties in a very competitive market, but a very good market to own rental properties. Joe, today we are talking about kind of that same thing, rental properties. What we, we do on The Hangover. We, we're going to talk about a method that I like to say we invented. Do you feel... Do you feel Oh, comfortable. You definitely came up with this. I don't know that you invented it, but you okay, came up with right. it in this conversation. So about 15 minutes ago, we invented a method of real estate investing that I feel like we need to push out to the general public. It's called the mirror method. Can I define it? Please, please define the it. The mirror method is match your rental investment to your risk tolerance. Now that's mm-hmm. simply stated, but we're going to go into the details of this because we think this is very important. We, we do not see that in the course of, of daily investors we run across that they actually do this, that they actually put this to pen to paper and really and, and analyze their, their risk tolerance and what they're acceptable to, to you know, see inside their investment. And, and so we want to talk about it and get, and get people thinking about how to, how to do the, the right kind of investment for them. Yeah, so we get to see, and I tell investors this every week as we talk about listing their rental properties and questions about their rental properties. We we have the benefit of seeing the results of different philosophies on real estate investing. So after doing this for over a decade, we you know working closely with all kinds of different investors from all different points of view from all different areas of the world, we kind of get to see what's the result. I mean, how did it work out? What property did this person buy? How long did they own it? Did they make any money on it? And what was, now this is real, where we're really putting our finger on, on this particular topic. Not so much how much money or what was the rate of return. There's a million shows about that. I'm looking for the investment that you can actually live with and get to the finish line. Yeah, let's, let's, let's talk about this because this is uh, something that's near and dear to me. And that is... Uh, sort of telling yourself the truth about who you are and and what you're able to swallow that may happen inside of your investment. Um, and so when I talk about uh, I talk about uh, financial return and margin quite often with people in my sphere of influence, and one of the things that's that's just powerful is you knowing you know, what, uh, really what the emotions that you have around your money and around your investments. Okay. So the reason why you would hire a financial advisor is, is they want to remove your emotion from emotion from your long-term investment strategy. Well, real estate investors who buy rental property, they don't have a financial advisor, right? They're going to buy one and there's all kinds of emotions tied up with this investment. There's you know what they believe to be true, what actually happens, and 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 and, that, and and they sort of take a roller coaster ride journey, and and I think hiring a property manager helps to alleviate some of that. However, you still need to own the right investment because you are going to be emotional about these investments you make, and our goal is to to match the type of investment that would mirror who you are. That's why we call it the mirror method. 
Yeah, exactly. So that that's a, a good rendition of that. I mean, I, I feel like over the years we see so many people, and this is something we talk about in business in general in our other podcast. The, by the way, let's plug that, Joe. It's the Big Truth of Small Business. Boy, podcast. we give you the truth. And it is a podcast of pontification. It, it is um, unfiltered. We don't espouse to know the truth, but we certainly <laughs> seek it. So, you know, uh, again, what, what, what I'm looking for here is the investment you can live with. I, I see people pull up, uh, sell, sell properties a lot of times for the wrong reasons and with the wrong timing. I, I see other people who would be, I think, perfect real estate investors who end up bailing out. Uh, because their tolerance level for the investment, uh, they, they didn't equal each other. This, this idea of the mirror method, you know, in short is, well, let's just get into it. If, if I'm wanting, if I go see my financial advisor, let's say, let's say I've, I've, I've got a guy who's advising me on stocks and I go to him, Joe, and I say, look, I'm ready to turn it up. I'm in my mid forties. I need to write, you know, I got another 20 years of work in here, but I need, you know, I'm late on the investing game. And I, I need to make double-digit returns. I mean, what can I get, Joe, if you were my advisor and I'm coming to you with that, and I tell you, I, I need 20-plus percent returns on my money. What, as, what would the advisor give me back that would be good A advice? financial advisor yeah. that's not real estate? Yeah, yeah, I'm talking just other areas of life here. Yeah, I mean, he would, he would, he would tell you that uh, you're going to have to not diversify your portfolio, and you're going to have to go in on some, you know, potential, you know, up and coming stocks that that could blow up, could could fall apart. Um, maybe you you get involved in a investing round and a friends and family um, uh, round of investing on a private equity type on a on a small new company startup. You know that maybe you could get twenty percent return or more there. Maybe you could lose it all, and so. That's a, a fundamental here, right? Is that the higher the return, unequivocally, the higher the risk. Let's do not forget that as you begin to make your rental property purchase decisions. So that's what I, I mean. That, that's the real deal. Now, most financial advisors are not going to touch that 20% return. They're going to say, look, uh, it's not what I do. Um, I'm going to put you in a balanced portfolio. We're going to look at the market. We're going to put you at buckets here, buckets here, buckets there. We're going to try to get you five and a half, six percent over the long haul. If we do that for X amount of years, we're going to put you in a good spot. So, you know, it's interesting you say that because uh, there are different vocations out there that will tell you different things, right? We, we've actually done a show on the rental property hangover about this. So I don't want to belabor it, but, you know, a stockbroker that might call you while you're at work. Mm-hmm. Perhaps would pitch very different advice. Penny stock. I got a penny stock. For uh, that. Yeah, we've all seen the movie, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're they're searching for the uh, the well or whatever, where they can they can make it sound like it's not a volatile investment, but it's going to return fifty percent on your money. Well, you know, you, so in the stock world, I think the point is intuitively we kind of know this. Hey, if I'm going to get high returns, it's going to be high risk. That's what that world tells us. When we point our investment at and I don't want to pick on them because we love them. But let's say a local real estate agent. Okay. And again, they're all not made the same. But but we know that we inherit a lot of bad deals mm-hmm. from, from people whose motivations are just to make a commission and be done with the entire transaction. That, that's very scary. So we, we got a lot of real estate investors who in some ways, I think, believe they have spoken to the financial advisor in terms of risk and what they're purchasing with real estate. 
they've actually talked to the penny stockbroker. Yeah, they, they have, these people have no idea for the most part. I mean, it's like, you know, they're not all made the same, but you know, one of the things, a common mistakes I've seen with real estate agents and their, and their investors is, hey, you're buying this 25% under market. Well, yeah, maybe you are, and then you're going to put $35,000, $40,000 into it to get it where it needs to be, to be rentable, to be, to be a quality rental property. So that's a falsehood, right? You, you got to look at the, at the full math here to see what the actual return and risk is. And so <clears throat> my advice is that, um, you know, let, let's put together really some basic things we need to understand about you. What kind of money do you have set aside? So if something happens, you can, you can take care of it, right? Um, the more financial margin you have on the side, maybe the more risky you could go. Doesn't mean you should go, but you could go because you can. You have the ability to sustain that investment. I just listened to a podcast last week. One of my favorite guys, and and he's a big financial guy. He he does big funds and stuff. And 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 what he said is, listen, there's going to be some real opportunity coming up, and it's going to come from probably small business owners is going to be a big one. Small business owners that could not sustain their business through this time. Mm. And so the ones that have more money piled up, well, they, they just, they just, they pay the outflow to sustain it because they know the back end of that is they're going to be really good. But the ones who can't sustain it, who have the restaurant, who was killing it before, but right now they can't, you can't make, you know, payroll. Well, that might be a business that can get picked up for a song here in the middle of 2021 because they can't they can't sustain it any longer. This is going to happen in real estate as well. There's going to be people that overleverage themselves with not not enough cash who are going to be in a situation where with these eviction moratoriums and all these things going on, there's going to be some opportunity there. And so so the guy that's got more margin has different options. That needs to be step number 1. Um if if you're a guy that uh, that is wants to drive through the neighborhood and wants to feel you know fuzzy about it, you, right. you need to think about that because there's a lot of investments in Atlanta, Georgia that you ain't gonna feel fuzzy about, right? You, but might make money. Well, and you got to decide what type. Of, and again, we've seen all these different types of. We we we've been involved with institutional investors who couldn't find the property on a map for the most part at, at some level of the company. They're the highest level, just running numbers. Yeah, just running numbers all the way down to the guy that wants to come work on the property on the weekend uh, when something goes wrong at the property. So, which I, by the way, that guy can pr- probably produce the highest returns of all. So he can produce the highest returns, but he's the one that emotionally here. He can is going to walk into the property for the most part and go, Oh dear Jesus, what's going on in this house? I mean, look at that hole in the wall. That carpet was brand new five years ago when they moved in. Mm. Oh man, what are they doing? I got to sell this place when reality is like you say, maybe the guy's learning 12% because he's doing the, the maintenance on it. Well, when you sell that play, this is the question we always ask our investors. Okay. So if you're going to sell that place or that portfolio, you're going through one right now, a guy that owns you know, a couple million dollars worth of real estate. The reality is for him, where are you going to put it? Like the, that has to be, and there might be legit answers for that. For, for him, there is a legit answer, but you know, that investment is going to go away from wherever it is. And it's going to get plugged in to another investment, be it the market, be it whatever. 
Uh, so, you know, that, that's, that's the part I see. I see guys who might be weekend warrior type real estate investors who purchase a property, uh, fix it up, do a lot of the work themselves, and then emotionally can't sustain going to the property, talking about the property, getting the details on why was the rent late this well, they're, month? Well, they're, they're too close to it. Yeah, they're too close to they're it. They're too close to it. Uh, you know, when we get when we get calls from owners uh, that visit their properties and and they're you know upset about the condition, uh, hey, uh, Mister Owner, Mrs. Owner, uh, they've been there for three years, and and based on what we can tell, they they might end up spending the next ten years there. And what we're not going to do is go paint the property in between that time, and you know we're not we're not going to spend this money. So the longer we can keep the right tenant there. You know, they're not going to re- have to respend this money. Don't get emotionally attached to this. In fact, you know, maybe even think about in your own home how you reinvest in your own home at times to, 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 to help you maybe even prevent you from going to buy a new house. Hey, look, when I go get my car cleaned, it's actually getting done right now. It's getting a, a wax job, a total detail, a protect the car situation. I'm going to get it back. and I'm going to go, God, this is, this is, this is a new car. That's how I'm going to feel about it. And I'm not going to be, you know, as, you know, jumpy about going to buy another one when it you know comes up on my Facebook. And so uh, it's important to know what your goals and strategies are. Are you, is this a long-term thing? Is this, I'm going to own this for 20 years and, and I want to make a, a, a solid return and pay off debt type strategy, pay off the mortgage strategy. Um, is this, uh, I want to take advantage of an appreciating market and be out of it in five years. That would be a different strategy. I would, I personally would take on a much more risky property if I was, I knew I was going to own it in the short term, mm. I, I would take the ups and downs. I got to sustain the ups and downs, but I would take the ups and downs because I'm, I'm in a highly appreciating area or arena and I'm going to take advantage of the investment is about the appreciation and not about the long-term hold. And so, you know, my, my particular strategy is, is if I'm going to hold something long, give me something that's, that's in a stable area. Let me have the, one of the best properties in that area. And let me, let me attain the best tenant I could possibly get in that area. For the long term, that's what I'm looking for. Because um, I don't, you know, I, as, as much as I've done this, I still can get emotionally strung out when I go to my property and yeah. I go, holy oh, Toledo's, we're, what are these people doing? We're, we're not immune to this. So, I mean, I, no. I, I, I've been a property manager very hands-on for seven, eight years, move, move a, a couple into one of the properties that I owned, and they quit paying. And uh, I'd have the conversations. I'd hear the lies. I'm having the conversations. I'm hearing the lies. And, man, I am getting angry. What do I find myself doing? Driving by that property. <laughs> I'm trying to catch this guy outside at the property. I mean, I'm doing all the things that I would advise anybody else. Do not do that. You're not going over there. What are you kidding me? What are you going to do? You know. So, I mean, I think, uh, you know, part two of this, you, you said margin, I think, is part one. Part two is goals and expectations. And, and you've heard me say this before, Joe, you know, in, in the real estate investing arena, to me, it's kind of like being a boxer. You know, if you're a boxer, what you're signing up for is, you know, on occasion, you're going to get a black eye. You're probably going to get a broken nose or two before your career's over. And when that happens, you can't go, I can't believe I got a black eye. I can't believe he hit me in the You mouth. bought a property in a high crime area. You bought it for quote a steal was it a steal maybe it was a steal relative to three neighborhoods five neighborhoods over that didn't have the problems in in a different school district and the problems that this one had maybe you bought this for exactly what it was worth and 
and yes, you during that first year of tenancy, you wow, you made a an eighteen percent return on your on your on your rental property on your on your money, and then wow, uh, some things started to happen, yeah, like you know they are hard on the property, and so things start not to work, and maybe you know they lose a job, it, they're not married, and there's there's in and out boyfriends, and it, it just goes on and on, yeah. goes on and on. Drugs end up in the house. You know, a, a, a cop raid happens. I mean, this really happens. Well, well, this was the risk when you bought in a high crime neighborhood. You know, I can't, I, I can't tell you how many people over the years I've heard say, man, you know what I hate, Joe? I hate a liar. I hate liars. By the way, we're all liars in, in some context. But if you hate liars and you hate listening to lies, you hate being lied to, you probably shouldn't uh, own a bunch of properties and get on the phone with tenants who aren't paying. <laughs> because, because these people, again... You know, look, life happens to everybody. And, and when you insert yourself as a real estate investor, you're inserting yourself into their life circumstances as well, I think is the message. So if your expectations are, having said that, that, hey, you know what? I'm going to get a black eye or two. Might even get a bloody nose here in this real estate investing arena. But for the guy who holds on and gets better, because by the way, just like everything else you do, just like picking stocks or, or, or whatever the other investments are, you will get better over time, but the quickest way to get better over time is to sort of understand that going into it, my expectations are that I'm going to have issues and problems relative to the risk that I'm that I'm putting. Yeah, listen, if I, if I have a twenty five hundred dollar month rental in Alpharetta uh, in, a, in an unbelievable school district, uh, chances are that who is going to rent that property? has a really sound career not just a job they have a sound career they probably have some cash built up um, this is probably a, a a couple year move for them there's something else that they're looking to do and this is the best decision for them at the moment you're you're getting a, a, a maybe a, a much more you know lower risk investment maybe returns lower too you're getting a lower risk investment but perhaps you need to on on that so i've got quite a bit of experience in that arena so on that side of the coin you've turned your uh, rental property into the ritz carlton when the when these folks when their air goes out on friday afternoon and they're looking at a weekend of 100 degrees in atlanta georgia be prepared for that your expectations but in fact your business model Better. needs to be suited around calling a contractor and say, hey, I'll give you an extra hundred bucks. Can you come tonight and fix this? So, so again, to me, even that model, everything's about knowing what you're walking into. There's risk associated with it. So we've talked about margin. We've talked about goals and expectations. I think the last one I'd like to talk about is yes. And the financial advisor is going to tell you this. And we're going to do it here too. You need to, you need to hedge the investment. Ooh, that word. You need to hedge your investment. Hedge. Hedge your rental property investment. How do you do that? How would you do that? There's several ways you do it. One, I don't care where you buy your property. You can hedge your investment by having the nicest one in the area. You know, go ahead and put granite countertops on the house in Clayton County, Georgia, in a bad neighborhood. Why? Because I want the best of the worst. I mean, call it that. I'm not calling Clayton County worse. Well, what, I'm, what I'm saying is, if I'm going to be in a low-income neighborhood i want the, the person who cares the most about what their property looks like going in because they're probably the most likely 
to actually want to maintain it that way and want to stay in that property. Because what is their alternative? Their alternative is every other property around them is not as nice. And, and, and by the way, just as an asterisk there in real life numbers and situations that come to mind for different investors, I, I work with one right now. This is his philosophy totally. Um, you're talking about 10000 bucks. You're talking about 10000 bucks over the life of your investment that yields in that neighborhood another $200 a month. And you go, well, wait a minute. Well, well wait a minute, guys. They, they People can't pay that kind of rent in those. I mean, that's just not true. I, I mean, uh, that might be counterintuitive, in fact. As I look at our books over the years and you start watching different philosophies, what you're saying now, I don't want to skip over it because that's that's has been the winning philosophy because the reality is there are great people that live in those neighborhoods there are hardworking people that yes. live in those neighborhoods and those people want the nice house hey listen and, and th- this is this is the conversation why do you think as a real estate investor that a tenant wants less than you why well let me tell you the one that that wants way less than you will also give way less than you. They also will not take care of the thing. like They won't view the property like you view it. So so my, my goal has been, hey, I actually want the tenant who maybe thinks a lot like me. And maybe they're not me and, my, and where I'm at, but they, they were taught to care about what they, what they lived in. And, and I, I'm, I'm never going to get that if I didn't show that on the front end. So th- th- to me, this is everything. Uh, because what you're talking about with the $200 extra a month is just, it's just the beginning of the return. The, 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 the rest of the return is they're not calling you because they've got a friend and they're fully willing to go tighten that little, that little screw underneath the sink that was leaking mm-hmm. instead of a $75, $125 plumbing bill. Uh, little things that, that happen throughout there that you don't even recognize they're taken care of. Mm-hmm. Because they're not a, a an apartment mentality, they well, just the, they just do it. The other huge cost that I would tell any investor is is among your biggest, if not your biggest, cost over say a ten year investment is vacancy. Is vacancy. So you're going to keep Nobody these people longer. Yeah. I mean, when you have the nicest property, where they're going to go other than your property is they're buying their own property or they're moving out of town. They're going to a new location. If you're if the location you're in is where they're going to be, and you have the nicest property you're more likely to keep them if you have the nicest property because where are they going? Where are they going? Without question. And so the the actual return on that $10,000 investment, it's it's, it's really hard to calculate how much greater it is over a 20-year period. And so what what I find is, though, investors, you know, they want to do things for as cheaply as possible. They want to, you know, I I was actually recently talking to a new investor who's going to potentially buy a bunch of properties, and he was taught by his... Um, grandfather that your rental property needs to be the absolute cheapest you can possibly get into it. Mm-hmm. You do as little as possible to it. <laughs> you, you, I mean, it's cheap, 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 cheap. Right. And, and he, he had the wherewithal to call me and say, Hey, I, I want to get your, your thoughts on this. And, and I had some different thoughts on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think there's some, I, like, I want to do, I want to get my granite countertop for as cheaply as I can. Like I don't want to go to Home Depot and pay right. $39 a square foot or $45 a square foot. I've got a guy who do it for 28. Mm-hmm. I'll do that version of cheap. Mm-hmm. But 
I'm not going and, and buying the, the, the in-stock laminate countertop at Home Depot and installing that myself and, and going, oh, I'm proud of myself because you will get that back well, in your return. And, and it, won't be, it won't be good over the long haul. And, and, and here's why some novice investors are a little resistant to this idea, because when they redid their kitchen and they put their countertops in or they painted their house or they landscaped their yard, it was tens of thousands of dollars. I'll give you an example. Stockbridge, Georgia over here, I do an analysis last night for an investor that we already work with. He's actively buying. And uh, Swan Lake, you know Swan Lake over there? So oh, yeah. He's got a nice lake. Big difference in rental values being on the lake, being off the lake. But interestingly enough, over this past summer, there were some investors that went in and did exactly what we're talking about. What did they do? They took the highest rental in Swan Lake, which was off of the lake, was renting for about $1,250 a month. You're talking 11, 1,200 square foot ranch, three bedroom, two bath home. Granite countertops, baby. LVP flooring, agreeable gray on the wall. Mm. A few new bushes in the yard and some pine straw. Okay. Well, I mean, that, that's probably sub $10,000 what I just described. Uh, again, we're talking 11, 1,200 square foot. This is not the same size kitchen that you live in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, $250 a month. There in- are 15, increase. $1,500 a month. Days on market, one day for that property. Wow. They, they took a neighborhood that had never rented a property over $1,250, and they added $250, of $3,000 a year to the rent. And what did they do? They, they actually respected their new resident. Right. They gave him some respect on the front end. Uh, so I'm going to give you a couple more things that, that, that hedge your investment. Um, owning multiple rental properties. If you're all in on one, then you can, you can crash and burn when that thing hits eviction. And, and now we're in an eviction moratorium for, with the CDC and, and you're getting zero, 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 zero for 10 months. Okay. Owning multiple properties is going to hedge that investment. Uh, I would also say own multiple rental properties in maybe somewhat different areas. That's right. Maybe you own a couple over here, a couple over there, but, but spread them out a little bit. So if one market takes a big hit, they don't all take a big hit. Right. So, and I don't mean one in Atlanta one in, in, in one in Charlotte. I mean, if you want to have them all in Atlanta area, that's fine. But, but, but mix up where they are to, to get you a little cross patch of the market. And, and you can mix up your theory a little bit too. Recently we've ran into this with, a couple of unique developments over in Fayette County, Georgia, uh, where we've got people who are who are purchasing for appreciation. And so investors tend to kind of pick a category and decide, hey, I'm a cash flow guy, Joe. I want I want, I want a sixty thousand dollar home and I you know I want to charge I gotta charge seven fifty a month. And that's me, man. If you got one of those, call me. I mean, I just think that's for what you're saying, kind of the the uh, frankly the the biblical principle of diversification. Um, I want to diversify my investments. I want a few that are kind of appreciation plays. Mm-hmm. You know what? I, I want to ride that market, find the peak, and sell that thing and cash in. And then I want some that are kind of annuities. You know, I'm, I'm fine if that's a 5% return for me. And I agree with you. There's very few people I see. They, they tend to pick a category and then go all in. And it's usually because they're comfortable with it. And it's sort of uh, contradictory to what we're saying. I mean, the mirror method, we're saying – you know, choose something that you're comfortable with, essentially. Right. However, if all of them are in the same bucket, then right. you, you, you... Yeah, be careful. Yeah, be careful yeah you, you've maybe hurt your hedge. That's right. And so the, the hedging of the investments is, is super, super important. And l- listen, we are in property management. We are sponsored by Yes, I Rent Property Management. Amen. And so I would tell you that 
you know, are you going in the business of real estate investment or do you own investments for return? If you're going into the business of real estate investments and you want to be the guy that's showing up at your house and you want to be doing the rental and you want to be doing the fixing and you want to be, you know, attacking this, you know, day in, day out. First of all, you probably, you're going to get a higher investment, but you're also creating a job for yourself, right? You are. And so weigh your time against that additional return. And, and, and don't forget that emotional. It's not just how much time I spent there this weekend. No. How much time do I spend thinking about it? Where does it draw out of other relationships? Oh, man, listen. Where, where does it cross over in other at areas? At my pool my match last week, I'm talking to two guys that own rental properties. No kidding. They're, they're 50, 60% under the current rental market in terms of their rent. They've, and they, and they, they're proud because they've had tenants there for six or eight years, but, but you've given away tens of thousands of dollars. I'm not sure you've hedged that by your, your, your longevity when you've, you've, you've literally given away all this money. So that, that's, emo, that's an emotional play. It's also, I don't want to fool with it. Play you get to the place where you don't want to fool with it. Call your property manager. Yes. I rent property management. Yes. I rent.com here in Atlanta, wow. Georgia. Plug it, baby. Hey, listen, the mirror method Real estate match your real investment to your risk tolerance. You need to have think about your margin. That's that's what you have in the bank, you, and your and your spread each month. You need to think about your goals and expectations around the rental property. You need to hedge that investment, make it nice, own several, and own them in different areas. Get that's rich, baby. Signing out from the rental property hangover, Joe Watkins, Travis Castle. Thanks for listening.